start off today's podcast, I just want to thank everybody for the support that uh, the last episode's gotten, the one that we did about uh, the year anniversary of the pandemic starting and that time capsule that it was a weird to do really weird to do um but the the feedback was great the conversations were great um the support of the entire podcast has just been amazing so i mean go back me on twitter let me know what you like about the show what you don't like about the show what you want to see all that do that and uh put four podcasts in your feed last week so little laxed this week back to two podcasts but um i was gone for a while so i felt it was necessary to do that anyway sit back and enjoy this one you're listening to the grind hours podcast at the wall see ya see ya on the line naturally after the day after selection sunday on a very chilly monday morning or monday afternoon at this point um mm-hmm. i got the grind hours hall of famer on the line and we're gonna do a little bit of mock draft time uh, i haven't done one of these in a long 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 time so this is mock draft when you know all the experts have mock 5.0 out already um this is the grind hours 1.0 so um, Nick and I are going to go through one through 10, getting out of the blocks here. Uh, Nick, we'll do it like we do the, NC- the, uh, everything else on this podcast, the NCA award, everything, or everything else. Um, you go first. If I, if it's the same pick, I'll just say same. And we'll talk about it. So, uh, without further ado, you're the Jacksonville Jaguars. You're on the clock. Who are you taking? I mean, I don't think there's any any debate at all about who you take with the first pick. It's going to be Trevor Lawrence. He's the most hyped quarterback prospect coming out of school in it's probably since Andrew Luck. Uh, so at yeah. least a de- almost a decade. Uh, yeah. He's he's as close to a surefire number one as you're going to find. He has all the tools. He has the arm strength. He has the mobility. He has the leadership qualities. Obviously, won a national championship at Clemson and got back a second time, never missed the college football playoff during his three years there. Um, Jacksonville needs to hit the refresh button. They've got Urban Meyer now. They've got a, a good coaching staff put together. They've got a lot of cap space. This I don't think this is going to be a worst-to-first team, but this could definitely be like a worst-to-second or, or worst-to-wild-card contention team with the right fit. And Trevor... I think Trevor Lawrence... Um, was Cam after this pick? Was Cam after Andrew Luck? Cam was the year before, I believe. Okay, so I I have what Cam did with Carolina, what Luck did with with Indianapolis. I think Lawrence is going to do with uh, Jacksonville. I I have as well. Um, I think they're a wild card team if they spend their money right. Um, and free agency, putting pieces around. They don't really need to fine-tune that offense that much. They've got already some good pieces there with DJ Chark. Um, they got – I forget who they have at running back that they let – but uh, James Robinson they have at running back. Um, they need some better pieces defensively, but uh, I, I think it's surefire number one, Lawrence. 
Um, I'll go for number two. Uh, I'm taking Penny Sewell for the okay. Jets. Um, the offensive lineman from or the offensive tackle from Oregon. You're going. I'm going with Darnold. I, I have a piece coming out this week about going with Darnold. I don't know why we're we're selling the farm on him. He hasn't really had a coach that wants to coach him. Um, I think Bowles wanted to coach him, but he was already halfway out the door by the time that Darnold got here. I didn't think that Adam Gase ever wanted to coach the guy. Um, I didn't think he, it was the Ryan Tannehill thing. He didn't want to coach Tannehill, and when Tannehill left, he mm-hmm. was awesome. I think with the departure of Gase, same thing is going to happen with, with, with Darnold. I think you're really going to see – those spurts that you saw when Darnold was a rookie, that that talent didn't go away. Talent like that just doesn't disappear in two years. It takes a while. And I know he's been hurt a lot the past couple of weeks or past couple of years, excuse me, but that's because he doesn't have any offensive line help. And you saw what Becton did when he was in there. He was a brick wall. You put another brick wall on the other end. And I mean, you have shades of, Mangold and DeBrickashaw. So that's where I'm going. Um, I don't know about you. I don't know if you if you're taking a quarterback here, if you're taking one of the star wideouts here. I'm going beef up that offensive line because that's how you win. We just if you want to know how important an offensive lineman is, go look at last year's Super Bowl. Right. KC yeah. has any semblance of an offensive line. It's an entirely different game. I don't know if they win, but it's definitely closer. Mm-hmm. I like uh, I like the logic behind your pick, and it's it came down between that one and taking a quarterback for me. But I think I like Jacksonville. I think the Jets' new coach, new culture. I think that it's time to hit the reset button once again. I know that's not what Jet fans want to hear, because you've been hitting the reset button over and over again for the past decade. But I think it is that time again. I've got them taking Zach Wilson at number two. I think he's got a lot of great qualities in his arm strength and his, his leadership ability. Um, he, he looks like a quality prospect. He's very mobile. And he, he seems like he'd be a good fit for this Robert Sala coaching staff that kind of comes out of the, the 49ers tree. He can do a lot of the things that Kyle Shanahan quarterbacks like to do. So I've got them taking Zach Wilson. But – if I was going, if I if I had to take anybody else, if they did say go with Sam, if that was the mantra from the organization, then Sewell I think is the obvious pick. But I'm going Wilson there. I just I, I feel like I say it year in and year out. Once we got Sam, every single time I wanted what I what did I say? What have I been saying for the past four years since we got Darnold? Give him the protection. Pick, give him the help. First pick offensive line. I it's not a wasted pick. Is it not sexy? Yes. But will it help you win games? Yes. Mm-hmm. Every time we did this, we drafted DeBrickashaw and Mangle back to back in the same draft. And they were the anchors for those two AFC championship runs. I, I don't mm-hmm. I don't get I understand why people want to go quarterback. They want to refresh they want a fresh start. They've seen Sam for four years suck at times but the reason why he sucked he's had nothing around him he may not be mahomes or jackson but he's the level of i think he's 
comparable to Baker Mayfield. I think what Mayfield did last year and the step that he showed last year, I think you can do with Darnold. I, and I think I Darnold's agree better with that. than him. You can I get agree with that, that they're comparable. I think that you, if you built the same team, like if you slotted Sam into the Browns lineup from last year, they would still be a playoff team. Um, I think the interesting wrinkle with the Jets is that they have so many first round picks and second round picks and the potential to get even more. It really makes it I, like we've kind of never seen a rebuild like this before where it can kind of happen instantaneously, whatever you choose to do. So whether that's getting um, if you stick with Sam, you have the opportunity to put in a ton of talent around him. And if you decide to go with a new quarterback, you have a chance to really change that culture of a bunch of new interesting players kind of right off the bat. I, I just I don't see how the rebuild goes. Because if you're starting over with a new quarterback, congratulations. You just put in the same position that you put Darnold in a couple of years ago. Maybe with one shiny new toy, and that's Becton. But we can get into what we can get into that in a later podcast. That's definitely down the road. Moving right. to three with Miami. Um, who do you have them taking? I have them taking the bet, uh, defending Heisman Trophy winner, the best wide receiver in the class. To- Monte Smith to pair with uh, his college quarterback to Otago Bailoa. Uh, I see a lot of people saying the Dolphins should pick a quarterback here. I don't get it. I'm not ready to bail on Tua after one season. Sure, he wasn't great at times, but no rookie is ever really great at times, except for these rare exceptions like Trevor Lawrence and Andrew Luck. So I'm not ready to bail on, on Tua just yet. He obviously has talent. He has a bit of an injury history, but he's a good quarterback. And I think that if you pair him with a stud receiver like Devontae Smith, that some of these problems will start to go away. I don't see um, I don't see the issue with being with Tua in Miami. I think that Devontae Smith, obviously we know he has big play potential. He won the Heisman. He's got uh, tremendous instincts and in route running. He's he's fast, he's 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 unbelievable in the passing game. And it makes perfect sense to me that if you need weapons. Why not take the best one on the board at number three? I didn't know that uh, Devontae Smith was an intern at Dwight Schrute's Root Farm. Root running? <laughs> you mean route running? Route running, yeah. I have Devontae Smith as well. Uh, I'm not going to go into gr- any more detail than that. You, you, nailed, the, you nailed it right in the head. Uh, they need weapons. What better than to give him the, the quarterback that uh, – or give him the wide receiver that helped him go to a national championship game. Um, mm-hmm. And, I mean, he's the best wide receiver in the draft. But, but, is he a little small? Sure. But can he outrun you? And is he a bulldog, even though he didn't go to Georgia? Yeah, he, he can outmuscle you too. He's, he's stronger than you might think at – what is he, 5'9"? Something like that. Uh, four, which is – I'm blanking on. Let me pull up who. Four it's the is. Falcons. The Falcons. I haven't taken Justin Fields. I think it's t- with with Matty Ice on the way out. Um, I think it's time to move on. I think it's time to really give those weapons somebody who can throw the ball downfield and accurately, mm-hmm. and also to just bring them into the modern NFL. Every team that has moved on from, from a quarterback 
that was a statue. Eli Brady. Um, now the Saints with with Breeze. They're going to move on to somebody who's a little bit more mobile. Um, I think you got to go with Justin Fields here. Even though I still have Zach Wilson on the board, I'm going Justin Fields. I think he's the second best quarterback in this draft. Um, and I think he's exactly what Atlanta needs. I'm going a little, uh, a little different. I, I definitely don't think that – I definitely agree that they're going to have to look at quarterback in the future, but I don't think it's time to go on from Matty Ice just yet. I think he still has some good years left in him. I think he can still win with some of the talent around him, like Julio Jones, like Calvin Ridley, like some of these guys on the perimeter that they have. But I think he needs definitely needs better protection. I have them taking Panay Sewell here at number four. I think that he'll be he can be the anchor for the offensive line for the next couple of years while they try to go at it with Matty Ice. When they move on from him in a few years' time, he can be the anchor of that new quarterback's offensive line for 10 years. This is a guy like like Quentin Nelson a few years ago coming out of the offensive line position where it just looks like he's going to be a surefire star for 10, 15 years, surefire anchor for 10, 15 years. He, Penne Sewell is fantastic. He, he's probably the best offensive tackle prospect I've seen in quite a while. And I think the Falcons would be doing themselves a massive service by picking him here. Uh, that's why I think the Jets would do a massive disservice not picking him right now. <laughs> Two picks ahead of him. Um, right. At five, who do you have? Uh, I believe it's the Broncos taking. Uh, the Bengals, actually. The Bengals. Sorry, Bengals. Bengals. I have them taking a wide receiver as well. I think Jamar Chase is the move there, the second best wide receiver in the draft. Really one and one A. Mm-hmm. And going into the season, Chase was seen as, as the surefire number one wide receiver. Devontae Smith had his unbelievable year. But really, you can't go wrong with either of them. You know, give Joe Burrow another weapon to throw to. His, another uh, college connection because it's two LSU guys this time. I think uh, you put even, eight, even at his advanced age for a football player, A.J. Green can still make plays. You put him on one side, you put Chase on the other side. I think you got the makings of a really solid aerial attack in Cincinnati. I have them in a similar line of thought that I have with Darnold. The reason why Joe Burrow did not play a full season last year was not because he wasn't good enough. It's because he got hurt because his offensive line was shit. So I mm-hmm. have him taking the next big guy off the board, and that's Rashawn Slater from Northwestern. Um, it's the same line of thinking with any young quarterback. Get him protection. Protect him so he can make plays, so he can be there the entire year to actually progress and be the superstar quarterback that you want him to be. If if Burrow and Burrow's one tough SOB, he's he can take a hit, but that doesn't mm-hmm. mean you want him to take hits. No. So I'm having I, I have him beefing up offensive line. It's the smart play. Again, is it not sexy? Yes. But will it win you games and will it get you a couple of more years out of Burrow, 100%. Let's take a quick break. Back after this. Feed Hudson Valley is a regional food rescue and harvesting network in the Hudson Valley operating through Dutchess, Orange, Ulster, Columbia, Green, Putnam, and Sullivan counties. It links donors of prepared but unserved food and fresh produce with nonprofits and food assistant programs. 
through an app-assisted network of food donors, volunteers, and feeding agencies. Feed Hudson Valley facilitates the harvesting, processing, and distribution of locally grown or produced agricultural products, self-stable food donations, and prepared nutritious foods. The app used is called Chowmatch, and it is easy for volunteers to download and use. Among the donors are restaurants, farms, food makers, stores, hospitals, and universities. The food assistance programs include food pantries, soup kitchens, and shelters. Volunteers are matched through the Chowmatch app when a donation is available. They can indicate that they are available to make a run and then pick it up for a donor and deliver it to the agency. The Feed Hudson Valley Network currently includes over 300 volunteers, 130 donors, and 95 receiving agencies. Last year, on average, Feed Hudson Valley re rescued and redirected over 12,000 pounds of food each month. Feed Hudson Valley could use more donors and volunteers. To learn more and sign up, visit feedhv.org. Again, that's feedhv.org. One more time, spelled out, F-E-E-D-H-V.org. Now back to the podcast. At six, this is where I have Jamar Chase going off the board. I have him going uh, to Philadelphia. Um, as Mr. Uh, Don LaGreca says, they better draft Lynn Swan with the pick. Do you think uh, Jamar Chase is going to be Lynn Swan? No, but I think he's going to be just as good. <laughs> Not Lynn Swan, but a very good receiver. They don't have any weapons whatsoever. They need drastic help here. And would they love Devontae Smith? Yes, but Jabbar Chase is a very nice second option. So second best receiver in the draft. They need weapons. It's a perfect marriage. Um. I definitely agree with that uh, that line of thinking. I have them taking um, Rashawn Slater. Funny enough, I think you, you, I think Jason Peters is kind of on his last legs. Some of the other young prospects they have on the offensive line haven't really impressed me. I think this is where you you, you button down and you bulk up and you you, you protect Jalen Hurts for the coming years. Uh, I've got uh, Rashawn Slater coming off the board for the Eagles here. See, I think their offensive line is just good enough that they don't need – like, they don't need that much help. They can go out and mm. sign somebody. They don't need that young stud. Um, who do you have the Lions taking at seven? Lions, I think you're going to go Micah Parsons out of Penn State. Okay. He was one of the guys that opted out of the season, uh, one of the rare guys that opted out, and it didn't really affect his draft stock. I mean, we knew this guy was going to be a beast no matter what. And um, I, they need defensive help desperately. This guy is probably the best defensive player in the draft. And uh, I see no reason to, to for new co again, new coaching staff, new culture. Dan Campbell is a fiery guy. Why not get a fiery uh, middle linebacker to anchor the defense for the next 10 years? I have Devontae Smith's other guy – Buddy on the off, on the receiving core with Bama, Jalen Waddle going to Detroit. They, are, like Philadelphia, need offensive help, and they need weapons, and they just traded for Jared Goff. What what does Jared Goff like to do? Throw the ball down the field. You don't have anybody besides Galladay, and Galladay's 
good for missing six to seven games a year. So getting and it's Jaylen, also potentially gone in free agency. Right. So get Jalen Waddle, get him at least one weapon that can make a big play and make something out of golf. Because right now everyone's selling golf. No one likes golf right now. He's mm-hmm. still got some talent. He still led a team to the Super Bowl. Yes, was he aided by a tremendous running attack? Sure, but he still threw the ball down the field. Look at his numbers. They had the best offense in the league. He was awesome. You can recreate some of that with, with Jalen Waddle. Mm-hmm. Eight, Carolina. This is where I have Zach Wilson going off the board. It seems to me that Carolina is not sold on Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know why. He was really good last year. But if you really want to change things around and Matt Rule wants a quarterback of his own, now is the time to go out and get one. Zach Wilson, he's from BYU. That's all I'll say. I, I, <laughs> I, the last guy to come out of BYU might be starting down in uh, New Orleans. So I don't know. If, I don't know. I, I, he's from BYU. I don't know. He's not. This isn't somebody from Clemson or Ohio State or hell, even Georgia. Someone who's playing top line uh, competition week in and week out. He's playing the Mountain West. <laughs> so, hell of a game against Coastal Carolina. It's Coastal Carolina. Come <laughs> on, dude. Like, really? I don't know if this guy's got it yet. He needs to prove it to me. He's one of those guys that needs to, that needs to prove himself to me because unlike every other quarterback in this draft, he's done, he, he hasn't played anybody really mm-hmm. in his entire college career. Um, that doesn't mean I don't think he's that good. The, the, the tape that I've seen of him, he looks pretty good. I pretty much agree with everything you said, although the only difference is that I have them taking Justin Fields and not uh, Zach Wilson because okay. obviously Wilson is gone on my board. But right. I definitely think quarterback is the move here. I agree with you. I don't think it's it's um, Teddy B's fault, and I'm not really sure why they're so gung-ho to move on from him so quick. But if they are going to, I think all signs indicate that they are, and quarterback is the move, in which case I have – uh, fields off the board there as my third best in the draft. All right. At nine, who do you have Denver taking? Denver, I believe the move for them is, act- is actually uh, Caleb Farley, the cornerback out of uh, Virginia Tech. He's the best cornerback in the, wow. In the draft. Wow. Uh, I think I, th- I, I just think back to when they had Ooh. Chris Harris and Akeem Tlaib, and okay. that was the, the dominant pass defense. And I think that they want to go back. I think Drew Locke, give him another year. He hasn't shown me that he's not the guy. He hasn't shown me that he can't get it done. And I think there's so many holes on the Broncos team around him. But defense has really been a problem for them. Why not try to start over your pass defense with one of the best pass defenders in the country? I mean, yeah, you're, you're going up against L.A., K.C. twice a year. They've got – I have them taking a cornerback also, which I also mm-hmm. think is the best corner in the draft, and that's Patrick Sertain out of Bama. Really? You don't think Sertain's the best corner in the, in the draft? Really? I think Sertain is the second best. I love what I've seen out of Farley. I, I'm, going, I'm going Sertain. He's Bama proven. He's, been, he's a winner. 
He's been to championship game after championship game at his time at, at Alabama. I agree with you what you said what you said about Denver. Um, yeah, that's that that's it for me. Rounding out the top ten, the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I have them taking Trayvon Morig. Is that how you say his name? Oh, the the guy from TCU. Safety from TCU. Yeah, I think it's Morig. Yeah. So. The stuff that I've seen from him, he's a ball hawk. He's going to just murder people. And he's not as good as Jalen or Jamal Adams, but he's kind of at that level and could be one day at that level. Dallas's defense was god-awful last year, and they need help on the back end, especially when – that's what's going to win you playoff games. Yeah, great. You just signed Dak. We'll get him a defense that can actually do something and keep this team in games. And, you know, when Dak and the offense is on fire, you're not in a shootout every week. So mm-hmm. getting an anchor on the back end of the defense, um, you could go corner. Um, I, I have him going safety. Who do you have the Cowboys taking? Not only could you have him go corner, I didn't want to blow my load and um, expose <laughs> my, my last pick, but I have them taking Sertan here. Okay. I think uh, I, I agree with fully with everything you said. The secondary was their biggest issue. I think you fix it by taking the 1A cornerback in the draft and Patrick Sertan. Like you said before, you know, Bama tested unbelievable talent. Son of an NFL player, I believe. I, I believe Patrick up. Sertain the first was also in the in the league at some point. I could be wrong, but I think the Cowboys the go with the the sure thing out of Bama here, and that wraps out the top ten. I I've got um I think I think that's the move for for Dallas, and and you'll see immediate improvement, especially in a division where Daniel Jones is improving, where Hertz likes to throw the ball, and I don't know what Washington's doing. But, oh, but uh, they got some guys. In, they got some guys they, they, on they the have, perimeter that you need to cover. They have a top five receiver in McLaurin that uh-huh. you need to. And they might draft another wide out um, to add along with whoever the hell they have under center. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the top ten. Uh, we I plan is to have multiple more uh, to bring to bring Nick on. To have multiple more, maybe some, maybe other, some other people. I want to have, I want to try to have four. Um, that's wishful thinking. Maybe three, definitely three. Um, by the time that draft draft night rolls around, I'll definitely expand it to fifteen, so Nick can uh, mess around with his Giants at eleven. I think that's a good place to end. I will not spoil my Giants pick. I'll leave that for podcast two of of the mock draft, mock draft two point um, But Nick. Now's the time to tell people what you got going on, uh, movie review, all that good stuff. All right. Um, obviously, my name is Nick Parodies. You can find me on all social medias at Nick Parodies. Um, so, I mean, I've been uh, hanging out at the house mostly, hanging out at work mostly, not a whole lot going on. But we do have the podcast, um, children's programming that I, I work on with my good buddy, Matt Dixon. We have a new episode coming out. Uh, in a couple days with a good friend of the show, Dennis Cromwell, who was one of the people we worked on the documentary with, 
we will probably get into a bit of the story of why that documentary, that RST documentary failed and some of the wild uh, things that went down. I don't wanna tease too much because I don't know what we're going to say, what we're even legally allowed to say, but um, there will probably be a bit of that in there. And as far as, um, as far as this week's movie review, I have uh, The Good Shepherd. Have you ever heard of this before? What was that? I have, uh, for this week's movie review, I have The Good Shepherd. Have you ever heard of this before? No. So this is um, a movie, it came out in 2006, I believe. I watched it a couple nights ago. Uh, it's directed by Robert De Niro, one of the only movies he ever directed, and it stars Matt Damon, and it basically tells the true okay. story of the CIA and how it was, it's, it's fictionalized, of course, but the basic idea, the basic true story of how the CIA was formed and how um, this this guy started this this intelligence agency and it did lots of good for the country but basically ruined his life it ruined his relationship with his wife it ruined his relationship with his family and it's it's a fascinating it's almost like it's like this this epic spy movie it's kind of like kind of godfather-esque you know okay i don't want to i don't want to use that term lightly because the godfather is such a classic but it's godfather-esque in terms of like its scope and like the story it tells over many, many years and flashbacks and people at different times in their life and different ages and a ton of great people in it. Matt Damon, Angelina Jolie, De Niro has a little cameo as a general. Alec Baldwin is in it. 2006 is a good, is a good movie year because Lucky Number 11, which I watched over last weekend. What, um, How did you like it? Fantastic. Absolutely Wasn't fantastic. Wasn't that great? Fantastic. So, um... Oh, and I almost forgot, uh, Joe Pesci also cameos. It's a De Niro movie, so he yeah. has to. This is awesome. But, uh, what, he, he has, he has an amazing, uh, The Good Shepherd. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm finding this and I'm watching it this weekend, for sure. Um, gotcha. Nick, this was fun. Thank you so much for coming on. I got a jet because uh, I'm on my lunch break. I got to go back to work. So. Um, All right. I'll talk to you later. Be easy, man. Adios, my friend. Take care. On this side of the coin, not the fake Jay Leo on Twitter, jdatasports.blogspot.com. Like I said at the top of the podcast, go at me on Twitter. I miss that. The show is growing immensely. We are approaching a thousand downloads again for the third month in a row. And I mean, let me hear you. I want to expand this and, and, and hear from the community. Anything you might want me to do, any any podcast, any any. Uh, sponsors you want me to go after so hit me on on twitter this podcast of course continue the growth like subscribe share this podcast with anybody who you've seen fit download the show if you're on itunes please give us a review i have a very special guest for thursday's podcast so stay tuned for that uh that's the only tease i will give with that uh until then it's closing time you don't have to go home but you can't stay here peace